Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Steve Maxwell Drums Podcast. Don't forget to check us out on our website at www.maxwelldrums.com and then our reverb stores at Steve Maxwell Drums-Chicago and Steve Maxwell Drums-New York. We also have social media, uh, two Instagram accounts, at Maxwell Drum Shop Chicagoland and then at Maxwell Drum Shop. And then also on Facebook, Steve Maxwell and Steve Maxwell Drum Shop. And then, of course, check us out on Twitter at Maxwell Drum Shop. We will interview players, collectors, drum and cymbal builders, and also teachers about all things percussion. And you can go to YouTube if you want to see the video. We'll have pictures of drum shops, drum sets, badges, cymbals, all kinds of fun stuff. So let's get started. We hope you enjoy it. Matt Wilson, how you doing, my friend? My friend, great, 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 great to be here. Good to see man, you. great to check out this facility. It's amazing. For sure, man. It's great to have someone from the Craviato family in, uh, in, in the house here. Yeah, we, uh, we, we just kind of, I just heard yesterday that you were popping over, and um, yeah, you know, I just wanted to, to, to do a little, little discussion here. Sure. I, I don't know you that well. We've, we've met probably a couple times at, uh, at shows. At the drum, the maybe the, the that drum show that's in did, somewhere King. Where is it? At King. Did you County? do a clinic? Maybe at one of them. I did. I did a clinic slash work. I think I saw the yeah, clinic. Yeah. yeah, I don't make it's, it to a lot of clinics too, but I think I same one as uh, Bob Moses was there, and uh, yeah. who else? Carmine, and uh, who else was there? It was fun. It was really fun. I can't remember what year it would have been. Two thousand eight, maybe. You well, you so usually with these, I kind of just. Talk a little bit about you first. Sure. Can I ask you some questions here? Sure, by all means. So um, you're from Illinois, actually. Yeah, downstate, near Galesburg, cool. Knoxville. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that's, uh, how, like, how many hours out of Chicago is that? About, th- about three, three and a half. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm, I grew up in Wheaton, so that's, yeah. that's a good bit closer, but you still weren't that far away. No, 74, uh, <laughs> just off of Interstate 74. Sure. Yeah. So, what, yeah, like, when you were growing up, tell me a little bit, like, how'd you get into drums, you know? How'd you get into music? Well, I... Uh, I, I saw I, I saw uh, on an episode of the Lucy Show that was on uh, Monday nights, I believe. Um, sure. Lu- uh, d- uh, her son Desi Arnaz Jr. was in a, dr- uh, a drum contest and um, uh, was going to be in this drum contest. And the the judge was was Buddy. It was going to be Buddy. It was going to be Buddy Rich. So before that, Lucy tr- tried to get drum lessons for Ricky through for from Buddy. You can see this episode on YouTube. Anyway, I've heard this story before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he goes. I don't think I've seen it, but I've heard. Yeah, about and then it. he, uh, you know, and so they go to visit Buddy and and uh, in the dressing room, Mr. Rich and he and Lucy accidentally grabs, thinking it looks like her purse, grabs his cymbal bag, gets home, and realizes. I think he realized the weight difference, but anyway, so sure. he, the, so, so he had to come back. He had to he had to find her, get over, come over to the house, get the cymbals. So Ricky had his drums there, and he comes in, he plays a drum solo, you know. And I saw this, I was like, wow, this is really fast. I was in second grade sure sure and i heard this and it was really really great and uh then uh ricky drops the stick and lets a kid that's less fortunate win the the prize is a drum set even though he already had one this kid even didn't have a drum set he could play really well so he dropped the sticks let him win and then um uh but then a buddy of mine and i who we we went to we went to see a lot of music together we saw the basie band we saw uh uh, one time, just when you're one, growing up in Illinois, yeah, we like, I was 15, I was 16. Well, well, I saw Buddy in Chillicothe, Illinois. Okay, saw the Basie band there in Chillicothe. This high school would bring in stuff. <laughs> I love these small Illinois towns that yeah. no one knows about. <laughs> and then, and then <clears throat> one week, one time, uh, same when we saw um, 
Clark, we saw Clark Terry at Augustana College in Rock Island, where, where we're performing tomorrow with Arts and Crafts. Then nice. two days later, we drove down to Western and saw uh, Dizzy Gillespie's quartet with uh, Bob Cranshaw, Ed Cherry, and a very young and happening Tommy Campbell. Sure. And then two days later, two days later, or three nights later, we drove down to the uh, University of Illinois at the Craner Center and saw Oscar Peterson play solo. Wow. Dig that. Yeah. So we saw we were out checking out stuff. So and then we uh, there was a drum shop in my hometown uh, owned by this guy named Chuck McClurg. And uh, he's still around. He lives up in the Chicago area. And um, and and so he brought in people a lot. So I saw, you know, clinic, great clinics and uh and uh, it was a jazz festival in my hometown. I'll be back for in uh, May. So were your parents into jazz? How, how did you get into jazz music? That uh, oftentimes can like run in the family. So. A <laughs> little bit. They were really into music, but I, I think I got it really through through Buddy. You know, I was more into to jazz because of seeing that. And then this same friend I was describing, we sure. he had a we we would get together and listen to records. And he had a record of uh, the the famous recording on Mercury Records of Rich versus Roach, where they had both their bands playing. Yeah, I've, and, uh, I've definitely heard that. Tommy before. Turrentine and and and, uh, and Julian Priester and such, and then Buddy's band had Phil Woods and John Bunch and some cats. Julian Priester, I know very well, was at that, and then Jimmy Cobb told me he was at that date. So there's a lot of little <laughs> things. But anyway, I heard Max Roach on there, and that was a life changer. That was that was very something cool. I heard that I thought was attainable. You know, Buddy Buddy blows on on Sing Sing Sing, the Louis Prima classic. You know, made famous by. Uh, Benny Goodman with, with Gene Krubach, obviously, and Buddy blows, you know, go, but Max plays, I didn't know he was playing over the form, but he played with accompaniment, the bass walks. Right, so right. So that sound got into my ear, and so that's a big part of what I do now. I love accompaniment. I love that aspect of of, of singing on the set more than just Right, right. Stuff. Yeah, well, well, I, was, was I was watching some, a bunch of your stuff that is available, and uh, you, you really... Uh, I could see it in your style. I like it playing. It's really thank you, thank you very much. Really awesome. I mean, I saw that uh, clinic you did maybe like five years ago. The drum show were always running yeah, around, yeah, so I yeah, only yeah. saw a tiny bit of it. Yeah, you were playing a tiny little, uh, tiny little bop kit. It was really cool. Yeah, you guys, <laughs> you just nice crowd. You out of set, and then you know, I I, I went to Ludwig uh, uh, Percussion Symposium in between my junior year and senior year of high school at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Right. And Alan Dawson was there, and Carmine, Apice, it was great. And I met J.C. Combs there, who uh, he was, he's a, was a Ludwig clinician. He the, was the professor of percussion at Wichita State. And the percussion ensemble from there played, and it was great. Sure. Um, and they were, they were amazing. It was, it was just something I never experienced because there was another ensemble that played it. You know, it was about as exciting as watching paint dry. And then they came out. It was <laughs> sure. like a three-ring circus, just all kinds of stuff going on. And I went to one of his classes the next day. I was like, who is this guy? So I went to check it out. And uh, we're, re- we're still, we, we, talk, we talk all the time. He's still one of my biggest influences. Mm-hmm. And so about, about art and entrepreneurs, you know, and being an a, a impresario and, you know, doing crazy stuff. He was a real <laughs> impetus about allowing me to, to find that my parents were really great too i have i've had i've been really fortunate to have my um imagination cultivated along with with the the playing of the instrument too so i feel yeah. i've the balance of imagination and the chops and whatever whatever i don't technique but but then and then so then i went to school at wichita state i met my wife where was that? Where was that? College? Wichita State University Wichita State. in Wichita, Kansas. Oh, cool. Yeah. You know, I don't know much about that. Great, great, great town. Great. A lot of great musicians. I learned a lot there. So I was working a lot in high school, too. So I was used to the social aspect of music. Even in middle school, junior high, we call it then. I was playing with a lot of people on the weekends. And, you know, uh, 
working, you know, making money. And like, and I learned a lot through the, socially through the music. You know, sure. I didn't really learn it and <laughs> in school too much, even though I had a great high school program. But we weren't, we didn't have jazz program at that point. It was budget cuts, you know, this crazy stuff of this late 70s. So this so. late 70s. And then, I graduated from high school in 82. And I, I, uh, I read about you that you, you ended up in New York around like 92, I think, something like exactly. that. Exactly. I don't know if it was Boston, correct. Between, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Boston from 87 till 92. What made you decide to move out there? Uh, my wife did her master's at New England Conservatory. So okay. we, 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 st- we, we lived there. We lived there three more years after she was done, almost three more years. And then we moved to New York in 92. And, sure. Uh, and yeah, we've you, been, you've been there almost some, 30 years, yeah. You played with some big names over the years. Tell yeah. me, uh, you, you got any, like, any, any stories you, you could tell from, I mean, we can, we can also go more chronologically, like uh, maybe like around then, like who'd you start playing with? <clears throat> in, in, in Boston, I was fortunate to, Within the first couple of days I was there, I met John Medeski. And, uh, okay. and so he recommended me to a band called the Either Orchestra, right. which is still going. It's a 10-piece big band, small big band. And I did that from 89 until 94, so okay. five years. We nice. toured all over the place. First time I came and played the Green Mill was 18, I mean, uh, 1989 or 90. So, you know, I've been coming to the Green Mill, which we're playing this weekend. I've been coming. This is in Chicago, Green Mill. Yeah, Green Mill <laughs> since. since uh, you guys playing there like this week? This Friday and Saturday. So, yeah. how long are you in Illinois for? Uh, we're Wheaton <clears throat> College tonight, workshop tomorrow with Augustana College. Great. In Rock Island. Thursday, we're off. I'm visiting my aunts in my hometown area. And then Green Mill on Friday and Saturday, and then Columbia, Missouri on Sunday. This is a perfect opportunity. Yeah, talk about the group you're touring with right now. I have my band out, Arts and Crafts, which I've had, go- I've had going for a long, long time. And uh, it's uh, Gary Versace on piano and Hammond, and Martin Wind on bass, and on this tr- tour, uh, Michael Rodriguez. Terrell Stafford wasn't able to do this trip. He's been with me for a long time. This band's been together for uh, 20, well, we made the first record 21 years ago. Sure. It was right around the time we found out, I have triplet sons, and it was finally, right around the time we found out that we were going to have triplets, so it was fall of, right. <laughs> fall of, uh, so you've got, you've got triplets? Yeah, triplets, so there'll be 21 next month. Oh, wow, that's, yeah, that's so, very cool. And I have a daughter who's 24, okay. and so, yeah, and so we, we uh, that band, and so, and then Ron Miles is supposed to be with us and and uh ron became very ill last fall and and, and sadly passed away this uh this last week oh, Tuesday evening. yeah it was hard I, I just landed in san francisco when i found that out i was uh i teach at the san francisco conservatory so i go there once a month right. and i played there a couple nights this week too i played two nights in san francisco and then we played in boise sunday and we did workshops at boise state yesterday and flew to chicago this morning so yeah yeah that's that's awesome, and you're doing something at Wheaton College. I'd actually, I wish I could go. I got to pick up my kids today. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah. Is is it just a? It's just a workshop for Katie Ernst there. Her, you know, Ooh. just for the ensemble. Seven to eight thirty. You know, it'll be fun. And, it's like invitation only, or no? I think people can come. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's now that it'll be over by the time this goes up, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but still, well, we'll just go cool back to in time. no. It's fine. See what you're doing. And yeah, <laughs> and uh, I keep very busy. I, I teach. I teach at the new school. Um, Actually, I wanted to go to New School. Yeah. Talk about New School a little bit. What I love it. It's a great. There? It's a great program. I I do. Um, <clears throat> I do. I coach. I teach two ensemble classes there, and and mm. then a fair amount of private lessons, and then I teach at uh, SUNY Purchase, and I have uh, I Kenny Washington. And I teach there, so I do. Wow. I have five students or so, and there, which are they're very very good players, and then. Uh, 
I still teach at Sarah Lawrence, and then I have, but I then the other big one is San Francisco sure, Conservatory. Sure. So I go, like I said, I fly there once once a month. I fly out on a Wednesday, teach all day, teach all day Thursday, teach up till Friday one o'clock, and I fly home usually. Sure. And I love that program; it's great. I have some very very fine players there on all the instruments. So we coach everything there. We do. I do obviously do drum lessons, but I, I really like teaching ensembles and stuff like that. So we, I do right. a lot of that there. So it's fun. So I, yeah, I have a, I'm pretty busy, you know. And then now with 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 performing back, you know, uh, I did a European tour last fall, right before Omicron kind of got weird in Europe. So I got that out of the way. And I was here with Christmas Trio in December in Chicago. We we did Des Moines in here in New York. And uh, and we got through. I, matter of fact, I stayed an extra day in Chicago, played at the Hungry Brain with somebody. And oh, that's a that's a really cool it's a great little, club. Yeah, it's a great club and uh, cool little place. I did yeah. like an album release show there once. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's really <laughs> fun. So I did that was what I was doing for some uh, Jamie yeah. Breivik, a great trumpet player for me. Oh, Pull sorry. Mike down just a hair. Yeah. Just a hair, yeah. 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 <laughs> sorry, I didn't Jamie, want to interrupt you. <laughs> Jamie Breivik from uh, Milwaukee. He he um, <laughs> he's a tr great trumpet player. So we made a record. Uh, that was a C it was a CD release. So it was a, with John Tate, a great bass player, who's actually from my hometown area. Also, great sure. player in Chicago. Do you know John? Great, great player. I do. He, um, I think I've just seen him. His yeah. dad was a counting teacher at my high school, actually. So it's funny that huh. I know he's, you know, he's young. Anyway, it, <laughs> interesting. Small and, and world. We, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so on. We recorded this record live at a, at a place in New York called the Dead Poets Tavern. It's up on the hmm. west side, Upper West Side, maybe in the '80s on. Off of Amsterdam, I think. Is it like really small little place? Like modern jazz stuff? Yeah, yeah. It's trumpet trio. So, and I just play on this one. I play ride cymbal snare drum. It's all I could fit. <laughs> so I play snare drum and, and I have this uh, little uh, seventeen-inch ride <laughs> I got from Zildjian that nice. I love with two rivets in it. And so that's what I play on this record. And I really dig it. Well, while we're on gear, what was your first kit? <laughs> Very first kit? Yeah. Just out of curiosity. Uh, first drum set, I had an orange sparkle snare drum, a Japanese brand I bought from a guy. Okay. I still have it. But the first drum set I got was a green sparkle slingerland, which I obviously Ooh, wish I still that's, had. That's a cool one. Yeah, I like green sparkle slings. Was it like uh, probably 22, 12, 13, 16? 220s. It was a double bass drum. Two, Ooh, 12, kind of unique. 13, 16. And you said you still got it? No, I wish I did. Oh, yeah, green sparkles actually a little rare. You don't see those yeah. too often. Yeah, <laughs> and then I got another Slingerland set at a music store in. Um, no, I got, I got another set, and I wish I would have kept it. But I, the uh, the wrapping, I. Uh, but we we took the wrapping off and just finished the wood. Sure. You know that was a thing to do back in those days. But I think it was Blue Spark. I wish I would have kept that now. But right I, those drums got <laughs> those drums actually were in my parents in a barn on my parents' property. After, and after they passed, my brother was living. He had a shop next to it, and that caught on fire. Oh no! And so those drums were in the and a, a couple really good acrylite snares uh. got burned in that fire. But. Uh, then I got it's happened to so many drums. Then I got a Gretsch set. I got a, I have a Gretsch <clears throat> set, and that's I keep that at um, Colstein's Bass Shop, which is in my town of Baltimore, like a, New York. Maybe seventies, eighties, eighties, eighties Gretsch. Yeah, sometimes right, for whatever reason, I don't know what it is, but the eighties Gretsch kits probably a lacquer kit, right? Yeah, Almost wood, maple, maple yeah. wood. Yeah, those always yeah. sound so good. They're That's, really great. I don't know what it is. Really great, about. really great. So I haven't played. So when Jasper during, shells during, or something. Yeah, <laughs> during the pandemic, they they uh, started doing some broadcast, you know, f filming things. Kind of like a setup, like you guys. What you have to have the, the bass shop, they have it. Sure. So I just decided, you know, that I cleaned them up, brought them down there, and they 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 just <laughs> use them. So I just keep them there. Nice. Then I 
in when my daughter was born, she was born in '98. I I I started. I was with Pearl. I started with Pearl, right. and I stayed with them until 2007. When yeah, you, I watched your the dad, video. Yeah, your dad hooked me up with Cravio. Pearl Bop Kit. Which yeah, you, you don't see Pearl Bop Kits very often. So that was great. Cool. They're a great, great, great drums. Great company. They yeah. sounded great. Very yeah, nice. Yeah. And then and then in 2000, I I was coming there a lot to play the showcase and the mill still a lot. But the showcase was not too far from your location downtown. So we became friends with your dad and Ben Gray and yeah, everybody ben. at the store. And then and then they And that that actually that may have been the first time I'm, I probably met you around that. I used to have long hair. Yeah. I, don't know if, I remember I was, I was oh, going I to college. Yeah. <laughs> and then you, then on, a, on one Sunday afternoon, I was playing a matinee at at with, with either Dewey Redman, who I played with for twelve years, or it might be Denny Zatlin at the showcase. Not the location now, but the one prior. Sure. And uh, you guys brought me one of your snare drums with the wood hoops, okay. pearl, uh, uh, maple with a with a beaver tail lugs. All right. Six and a half by fourteen. Very light, very thin drum. Oh, like a light. Maxwell drum. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maxwell. You guys nice. brought it to me. Just said, oh, I'll play this today. I said, no, just keep it. Take it home. I'm like, oh wow. And <laughs> They're then, good drums. Yeah. And then Steve got me, you know, hooked up with Johnny Craviato, and I remember talking to Johnny and like, oh wow, this is. And uh, and then Johnny and I became very close, and and uh, and I have two of these uh, along with all. I have a lot of these drums of, of Johnny's, but I have two of the ones I had. This, he sent me one one time that was a six and a half by fourteen, uh, eight lug. This is what I like: six and a half by fourteen, eight lug, not baseball, but thirty degree round bearings. I love that. It's really soft, like the way the the, the fixed the, the texture of it is to play. I like right. It. Yeah, your your Craviatos, are they 45s? My, the Toms are, yeah. Oh, interesting. And some of the snares. You got some, uh, do, do you have a kit that has like a different bass drum edge than the Toms have? I think <clears> my 16-inch <throat> bass drum, I think my 20-inch bass drum, it's, which is 12 by 20, has, sure. 30, cool has 30 degree bearing edges also. 30 degree, oh, okay, interesting. And then I think the 16, which is 12 by 16 that Johnny made, yeah. is, <laughs> for me, is... Um, is I think it's 45 or maybe on one side it's also a floor tom right so right. you know I can use it and uh but I, when he, I got this one it was a, a a gray finish it looks like sand sand wood or like driftwood kind of you know yeah, or I've seen like one real like western yeah and uh, looking and so I said Johnny's man let's I want to do uh when I was a kid I I would read Modern Drummer a lot and and uh, <laughs> and and I still check it out, and it's cool. And they had a great interview once with Hal Blaine in there, and Hal Blaine was was on the road with John Denver, and for his set, he had uh, Ludwig. They did the set with like a, a Native American motif on there around the shells, painted. You know, I thought, oh, that's cool. So I talked to Johnny. I said, Johnny, let's do, let's get some wood burners, like branding irons, because of this oh. look like, and put, and do something like a shell. So I was doing a workshop. Uh, a clinic at the a PAS convention. I can't remember which one. And uh, and Johnny got the drum made, and I think he just hand burned it with a with a wood burner with my name and some other. Oh, oh is great. that where the burnt maple ones came from? I remember. Well, those. if you've ever seen a picture of it, I have two of it. He made me a second one. He brought the last time I saw him was at the Monterey Next Generation Festival, and okay. he brought the drum over. It's the second one the over. Snare to me there. drum. Yeah. yeah, it has my initials, and it's it's yellow. And then he has he just took a wood burner and did it by hand, and with oh, it's beautiful. It's great. I think and, I've seen. Yeah, I know yeah, what you're talking you see, about. You, yeah, yeah. They're so really cool. Yeah, really cool. And and uh, and but what I loved about Johnny was. Uh, 
is that Johnny got most excited about the music that the drums were being played on. I never. Yeah, really he was heard, a pretty accomplished drummer. Yeah, <laughs> I never. Yeah, I never really heard Johnny. He, I never. He never really talked too much specs. You know, some guys will tell sure. you, those, you say, "Well, I did this." He, was, I exactly he never really talked about it. But when I went, like when I told him, Lovano loved the Joe Lovano loves those drums. He was like, "Oh, that's great!" Or I'd, sure. I'd send him records. You know, I'd say, "Man, hear the hear hear how these drums sound on this record." You know, and I've used them because I've used them on a lot of dates already. You know, and then. I think the last drum that I got from Johnny personally was he made me a nine by thirteen inch tom, so I had that, and um, and I, I you know I have I have a you're, you're, I have a a bunch I have a four I have a five I have a bunch of six and a halfs I have a um, uh, one of. Uh, Adrian's shells, you know, engraved oh, yeah. ones. Adrian Kersler, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Beautiful drum. And then he I makes like, the finest. Oh yeah, man, that guy is metal uh, drums and everything yeah, in, in the world, yeah. without a doubt. <laughs> yeah, he's he's great. So I, I know him too a little bit from from I love Nam his, show. And do then, any of your uh, Craviatos? Do any of them have his hoops, the metal hoops that he makes? No, I don't think so yet. You gotta no, wait a while yeah. to get those. But if yeah. you could ever, if oh, you I, ever, if you like brass hoops, I don't know if you have. I'd like an to get some on brass. Me. Yeah, I'd love <laughs> to try them. I, I'll try anything. And then, and then uh, we can't in just a minute, actually, because yeah. I happen to have some in the then, shop. <laughs> then I have. Then, then, then I got a. I like these. Uh, uh, um, they're called solitaire. Diamond solitaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really love that drum. I have a six and a half of that aluminum shell. I love that drum. Yeah. I, I, I use it for certain things that. This is so, your first time at the shop here, but you obviously, you probably know Dave. Victor, yep, yep, there, so. yep, yep. He was, oh, yeah, yeah, Dave and I, we, we keep in touch a lot. Pretty things. involved with, yeah, I mean, he's there. He, he's like the artist. Yeah, he talks to the artist, so. Yeah, he's, <laughs> you, you guys know, would be on a first Johnny was, Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and it was great to, you know, be, <clears throat> yeah, with such a high quality instrument, you know, and then, yeah, and then, um, Single ply. When was the first time you played a single ply drum in your life? Probably an old Slingerland. An old like? Radio King. Yeah, yeah. yeah for I have sure. a couple old Radio Kings too. I have I have a Sound King. I have a couple old Radio Kings. Um, single ply does make a difference fundamentally. Yeah. It's all those little things in the construction. They add up to that final sound. Yeah, it's a yeah. big part of it. Well, and the other thing is with those, you know, they breathe. So you know, you gotta, you know, the thing about any of these instruments is you gotta know what you got. First of all. You gotta know how to hit him. You know, this is, sure. this is people's touch. You know, it makes all the difference in the world. And and you know, it's something we work on. Your sound. You know, what the sound is. What the your what's in your sonic imagination and how you're going to translate it. Right, right. Is you know is is vital. Also, just the ability to tune. So those drums, you know, those they give. You know, you it's almost like a calfskin head. I I keep one in the basement sometimes. This whatever series that that you know six and a half and it, i'll go downstairs that that head will be floppy as all get out because of the moisture you know and the changes sure. so you know i you know you 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 have to know what you know you have to know what you're doing with with those the only time i was at i've been at the factory the the, the one in california cry auto factory i was there twice right and um the first time i was on the road with Myra melford's band and the and her tour manager took me drove me there and um, and so we're there, and there, and we, you know, you, you remember you walk in, and, and, and upstairs actually, was. I never went. Oh, there. oh yeah, yeah. I used to go. I went to the Nam show a few times, but I never actually made it to the Cal, uh, California factory. Yeah, it's great. So I heard about it. It was like it's like in here. You walk, and it'd be like there's an office area up there. Oh, the Johnny's up there. He'll be he'll be down a little bit. Nice. It's like wow, this is interesting. Usually he'd be out like you know, like okay, so we wait, wait a little bit because he wants to see you now. He has a, he has a friend up there he wants you to meet. 
So I take the tour manager up, and this, this guy is a huge fan of this particular person. So we walk up there, and it's Neil Young. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Neil was coming down to pick up a set for his studio that Johnny had made for him. They're old friends. They played in a band together. Very cool. I, so I we hung out. Before, yeah. we, we hung out like a, like this. We hung out. We had the, he had his Volt car with me. He gave me a Volt hat. <laughs> we had a great time. And so this guy was flipping out because, sure. I mean, I'm a Neil Young fan, but this guy was a huge Neil Young fan. So <laughs> oh he was just goodness. flipping out, man. He was He's like, really this here. is so great. And then a couple years ago during that Monterey Next Gen, this is after John. Johnny had passed. This is another time I was out at the Monterey Next Gen. I brought a group out from the new school for, to perform at that. And I took, I took the students over there. And so that was great. And we saw the factory then. That was probably in uh, 2014, maybe? They 15? went all the way from New York to California. Yeah, to play, out. to wow. perform at this. Yeah. It's quite a, well, quite a trip. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, well, they were very good. So, and I, you know, I was their you know, guide, coach, whatever. So, sure. And we we went there and it was great. And I, the day I was there, um, that time I I I bent a shell. I did it. You know they they nice. they got it. They, I put it in the thing. They, I got it bent around. They said you have to do this kind of quickly. You know. So we did it. The first time something broke that they never had broken before, like a, one of the clips or whatever they did that. Oh no! <laughs> so I was like, oh wow. And then about a year later, Dave or one of the cats on there wrote me and said, are you going to be around? around your birthday and I said well I'm on the road but my sons will be there this is maybe 18 it might have been 19 but I think it was 18 sure. and so I get I get home from a trip and there's a box and it's a 7 by 14 um, that of the shell that I bent and so they sent me the drum. Oh, so the, it, the drum was okay. The, drum, the wood didn't crack. It oh, no, like no, a, no. Yeah, it was just the, the clamp or it was just the, 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 the whatever, they, the frame, like those were over there that they put around it. Sure. Something broke it. So the, we, we got it the back end, the steamer, and got the wood and back around. So they sent it to me, and it's great. I call it my baritone drum. It's a seven. It's a little different. I kind of have it yeah. pretty floppy. Yeah, so I like a, that drum a lot, too. Yeah, it's a, a maple. I have all maple. I don't really have any other... Maple Shells. is kind of the I, maple and mahogany, both those woods. I I can see why. Kind of, if you had a choice of just about any wood, you would choose those for. Yeah, I like drums. I played one time. I I was artist in residence or whatever they call it at the Monterey Festival. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what year that would have been, but one of them they provided the drums for a lot of that. And they actually, you guys got me a set the last time I played at Monterey with Hunting and Salt. So that was really nice. But the first time was one of the first sets that that, you, that Johnny had made. And it was Cherry, I think. And I played. Oh, that's another good one. Yeah. I played with Arts and Crafts at that, and I played duo with Bill Frizzell, and those were the drums yeah. that I played. Were those drums? Nice, it's great. They sounded really, yeah, really good. They're ultra resonant. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. Probably the loudest snare drum I've ever played out in my entire life was a Cherry six and a half with forty-five degree edges and maple wood hoops. Yeah. That thing oh, was wow. like. Yeah. Whoa. Oh yeah. They they really they like a, really they really breathe. So you know when, when you hit it, <laughs> when uh, yeah, man, they're great. And so you know that's what he was. That's why I love Johnny. He'd be like, get so excited about the 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 music I was playing with them. You know, and sure. and 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 um, so and then I um, hey, while we're on setup, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but no, that's right. um, the what's your what's your kind of go to sizes? I, I would guess it's probably fourteen by eighteen. Yeah, that's eight by twelve, fourteen. Yeah, right and then on. I on the right, I either play. If I do use a second tom, um, I either I like the thirteen a lot. Right, I love it. And and when I play the twenty, I like the thirteen a lot. And uh, but uh, 
I played a set one time in a college, and they and they it was a twenty space drum with a thirteen inch tom, and I was like, oh, this feels pretty cool. I like it. Then, but a lot, of, uh, I I put a ten inch snare on the right, so okay, that way I have two snares and two toms, and so it's nice to have, you know. Yeah, have you ever played uh, 20, 13, 16? <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's Those actually my, my favorite, just because it can be for anything. Yeah. Like, it, it'll be good for anything. You play a jazz show with yeah. it, play like a big rock show. It's yeah. just big enough that it won't look tiny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what? I, I Versatile kit. 16 inch, I like 16-inch floor toms uh, too high. Okay, I like, yeah. Yeah, I like the way they sound. They I always still have. Body. Yeah, they don't still like a body. Yeah, but still a body. Yeah, but they, they, they have something there, so... Um, you, tune, you tune your drums pretty open from what I've seen. They're pretty much all times. open, yeah. What, what about your bass drum? You do, bass yeah, drum, all I do any is... Any tuning ideas you got? <laughs> I put a... Uh, mm -hmm. I like... Uh, well, the fiber skin that's on it, I like on the front. And okay. then on the back, I use uh, Clear Emperor. Clear Emperor. Interesting. That's yeah. actually kind of rare in jazz. Yeah, I don't see that too often. Yeah, I always have liked Clear Emperors. Yeah, I can see what you like about those, though. Yeah, yeah they, you can detune. So, and then you're... Then I had... You, you, Johnny, through your dad, I like um, to have T rods on the top of the bass drum so I can retune it, detune okay. it, or you know have it flatter. You mean on just the head that's facing you? The yeah, like head. the back head, the batter head. So I have four on the back so I can reach down and. Oh, nice! You know, so, they don't all to all be that, but <laughs> no, no, but just the top two or even, but the top four it really works nicely. Quick retuning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can even I can even blow with it. I can like almost like a timpani. I can re-detune right. as I play it. I play the blues. Oh know? yeah, yeah. It's fun. So you know, I mean, I I I, I like. I, I, li I like that a lot. And then coded ambassadors. So you everywhere sometimes else. you'll go for like a pitch. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh actual, yeah. Do you yeah. have like? I mean, no. I don't a have particular anything. pitch. No. You I don't go, go for. Or? I don't have any interval thing. I don't have any, no. I just you know I like the way they just feel and sound. Over the years, even my my sound has gotten lower. I used to be like higher drum sure. crank. You know. Me too. I've I've been. Yeah. I've always you know I've just gotten lower. Maybe influences of, of uh, you know, maybe you know. Mel Lewis the sound or you know so, and then mm. subsequently my good friend Jeff Hamilton a little lower but I still yeah. like I still like the drums sometimes in, in especially in a in a bebop uh, or a, like a cordless group the drums to be a little higher stays out of the way of the bass mm -hmm. so uh, I I move, you know but now I travel so much that you know that I never get to bring anything. You know, and then and then you know, there's a lot of places. I mean, 25 years that I've been in, or almost 30 years I've been in New York. You know, the, the, you start to take you play your set, bring your set a lot of places. You know, Cornelia Street. All, these places all have drums. You know, the Vanguard doesn't have drums, but you, but I mean, you're going to bring your drums to play the Vanguard. But Dizzy's Jazz Standard, all these places, you know, have drums. So you know, you don't. It's not as much, and, I, and if it's if, unless it's an extended number of nights, you know, I'm not gonna to do that. But but it, so that makes it a little bit easier. And then even last fall on this European tour, I was out with Trio M because of travel, because of COVID and everything, and we were doing a lot of a lot of little small flights. I I I just they got me symbols at every gig, and it was they were great. Right on. You know, right. Yeah, I love. I mean, everyone's every one of my play. I met a really nice symbol maker in Bologna. Really, really mm -hmm. nice guy. What's his name? Or her oh, name? Oh, I'm sorry. He's going to be, uh, he's really, uh, I'm tired a little bit because we got up early today. Uh, <laughs> I know. I feel but, like but he's that. in, he's in Bologna. And I liked, I like. I was the same boat. I, I got to the shop early today. I yeah. always do on Tuesdays. And yeah. then there were a bunch of customers basically almost like waiting outside the door. <laughs> oh, gee. Out of nowhere. Yeah, just one like of those days. Yeah, it's one of those days. And I knew you were coming, but I only they only told me yesterday. But yeah, you know, while we're on this topic, though, sure. I want to make sure, yeah, you kind of have like a, like a melodic style of playing drums. 
Um, I even just just before this, I was listening to some of your stuff you were doing. Probably this recording was probably I don't know five ten years ago. And uh, yeah, any anything you can say? I know you're an educator about about how to how to play uh, the drums melodically, as opposed to just always being. I know in in jazz, in my opinion, the you were talking about the bass drum. You tune it a little higher as more like a note, and it's not always repetitively played. It's kind of sparingly played compared to yeah. rock and roll. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. The ride cymbals really were things emerged in that. And for me, sure. you know, I, I've always, uh, I've always been very connected to the songs as much as possible. So that to me, mm. I, I mean, I consider myself a songsmith. You know, I really like, <laughs> in, in, you know, way you know, coming up with parts, doing you know, like having being really committed to the song. So you know, knowing this, knowing the song, I compose a lot. So you know, I write a lot of music. So right, you know, the the melody melodies are very very important to me. So I I try to improvise from that standpoint as much as possible. And I hear melodies and rhythms. So like I don't refer to it as a ride symbol beat. I refer to it as a ride symbol melody because we share melodies when we do play music. And so. The ride symbol is, one of the, is, if not the greatest contribution, that melody is one of the greatest contributions to music of the 20th century. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I refer to everything as melody. So if we hear, I mean, and themes, I like, the, I, like the, I like melodic drama, but I like the word theme more. The theme, sure. you keep ideas going through themes, you know? Mm -hmm. But uh, um, melody is very, very important, you know, part of the way I approach it. And that came from that time that I heard Mr. Roach, you know, with the record with, 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 Mr. Rich, buddy, not Rich versus Roach. I mean, hearing, yeah, yeah. Him, hearing him really sing, you know, uh, through the instrument to me uh, got me, you know, and it was, a, I thought that was attainable, you right. know, and see, I've had a lot of these moments where I've seen people like, oh, wow, Mr. Lewis, Billy Higgins, the life changer, Ed Blackwell, life changer, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, you know, all kinds of folks like that where I really heard. I don't even have to ask you Melody. who are your influences question. There you, <laughs> you, go. you arrived there. There you go. I mean, there's, you know, Jack D. Jeanette. I mean, you know, all, you know, Bob Moses, uh, just all kinds of folks. So, you know, the, yeah, hearing it, hearing it that way, a little less, you know, a little less from the, the from manner of, of mechanics, of technique and how your hands fast and all that, more like, and sound, the quality of sound that you get, like just the way you strike the drum or cymbal. You know, with, with that kind of intent. You have to have ways of doing that. Right. We, we, nobody, you don't want to have a sound. We want to have sounds. We want to have ways of doing whatever. So we, I really, and I studied with Ed Sof. I got a National Endowment grant in 1984. So I studied with Ed Sof. And he really, really got me. Um, Where was he? He was How living in North Haven, Connecticut at the time. It was before oh. he uh, started teaching at North Have Texas. you ever lived on the West Coast? No, I never have. You've gotten no. all around the Midwest and East Coast. Though. Yeah, which I really live just in downstate Wichita, Boston, and New York. That's really where okay. I've lived. Yeah, and um, but I feel like I have a lot of homes. You know, I'm in San Francisco sure. so much. I feel like that sort of thing. Seattle, that area up there, those kind of musicians. Uh, Chicago, I still feel very, you know, sure. very comfortable here and and playing. I love playing in Chicago. So you know, it, but yeah, you kind of create all these different places. But yeah, I really I'm pretty uh, allegiant to that way of of playing, and I want to really be a fabric in the band. You know, so there's a great thing that that. that uh, Thelonious Monk said to somebody once, he said, great solo, wrong song. So I always ask people, are you moving your hands and counting bars? Are you, or are you really playing the blues? Are you playing 12 bars and drums and counting? Or are you really playing the blues? Or are you really playing There'll Never Be Another You? Or are you really, you know, so I think it, 
once you know though the stuff you that translates through how you accompany that translates to how you could offer accompaniment how you offer how you the architecture of orchestrating the song and everything you have to hear it the whole big picture and so sure. over the i mean I, I i'm a drum nerd too in a lot of ways but i'm more of a music you know i like bands i like groups of of uh, some of the people you've played with name can you name a couple cats who just have like the biggest ears or just always oh dewey Redman was 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 great i played with dewey for 12 years and he yeah. he really heard he heard the music that i that i offered you know we were really cool one of my one of my sons is named max Okay. You dig? And his middle yeah. name is Dewey, so it's Maxwell Dewey. And it's cool. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty happening. And and um, yeah, he was, and he let me, he, I, I, I improvised on ballads with him. You know, he let me play on everything, you know? And so it was a really great way. And I learned a lot about sound from him. He had one of the greatest saxophone sounds. Yeah. And, and just to observe him and to watch, watch how he got that sound and the way he approached it and the way he talked about it and everything. Can you do a real like influence? A shout out for an album, maybe? Something that you guys are both on? That oh, yeah. Be, I'm on. Uh, we'll put it up in a, as a yeah, link. Yeah, I'm so on one of his records it. called In London, but he was on my first record as a leader called As Wave Follows Wave. And that came out 25 years ago last fall. Nice. So. <laughs> You were pretty young when that. I mean, uh, I was, uh, I was thirty. Uh, it came out in ninety six, so I was thirty two. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. young. <laughs> I'm pretty young. I mean, I wasn't like twenty one year old making records. I mean, I was making a lot of records for people, but as right. a leader, and I've since I think I've done fourteen or fifteen now as a leader, and I think I've played on close to five hundred record dates I think, wow. over the years. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I mean, to be documented with a bunch of different situations too, from duo with Lee Conus to large ensembles to all kinds of things in between. Some most of the stuff that I was watching you play um, just the other day was uh, a lot of it was kind of kind of like yeah traditional jazz. Do you do you do a lot of um, well yeah maybe t tell me a little bit about the group you're playing with right now. Is it yeah? I mean, this group I have a, you know I have a few different bands. Um, I have a quartet with saxophone. Jeff Letter, uh, Kurt Konefke on cornet, Chris Lightcap on bass, and that's been going that that's been going for a long time. Sure. Then I have like, Arts and Crafts has been going for a long time, and that's does Arts and Crafts. Do you guys do almost all original tunes, or do you play no half and half a, standards yeah, and originals? repertoire? Yeah, and and I try to find different ones to do. Okay. So this week, you know, we we started some, <laughs> we played some new tunes, and, and we doing like a Julian Priester tune, and uh, we're playing. We're actually playing, doing Sunshine on My Shoulders by John Denver. We have a nice arrangement oh, cool. of that I did. And then... Uh, so you did the arrangement. So Yeah, you, I kind of was concept, but we, it was a group thing. We did it the other sure. night. It's, it's all we, you know, it's all... <laughs> nothing that, and then, then, sure. then I have the, the, the Honey and Salt, which is the music I've written. That's all of my music that I've written to poetry of Carl Sandburg. Mm -hmm. So that, that project has worked quite a bit over the years. And that record won um, Album of the Year by Jazz Journal Association in 2018. Mm. I also won Musician of the Year that year. I might as well talk about some of that stuff. <laughs> Anyway, it's yeah, nice. Yeah. It was an honor to get as a drummer to get to get that. Especially, it was cool. Then, yeah. um, then I have the Christmas Trio, which plays every year in December, and then then like some larger groups that that can be, that can be possibilities. So they're all they're all different, <laughs> but but it's really just about the people, you know, that are stylistically they all, they all are pretty open, and I don't really think about that. But I play it more on the. I'm more of a outlier of the. Uh, uh, I'm not really an. All my, I don't know. I don't like to think about. It. I just like a good. I like good songs. You know. So I like. I think free. I, within a night, we'll play something that's really swinging free. You know, all kinds of different moods. You know, it's all fun. You know, with all of it. Yeah, I, just, sure. I don't really want to be. I don't yeah. think about it for terms of 
tradition or whatever. Though I'm a big fan of the, I'm a big fan of the anthropology of music, and I'm always, you know, learning more and re, you know, like reading up about the cats and listening to records of people that I maybe, you know, of, of lesser known folks, you know, Denzel Best or, or uh, you know. Al Harewood, or you know, there's a lot of other people other than the five have, or six names that jazz, I haven't heard jazz and Lincoln, or the, heard that jazz education tells people to listen to. You know, there's more. There's a lot of great musicians. You know, Roy Haynes lives in my town. He, he just turned 97 Sunday. Oh, he, you know, he's a big influence. He lives there. <laughs> yeah, he lives in my, my town on Long Island. Yeah. And so, so you you play a lot in uh, in the city in Manhattan. Yeah, that's great. Are, are you? Um, what are some of the, the joints you play at, like, regularly? <clears throat> you know, I, don't, I mean, I do play a lot in town. I mean, um, I go, I, you know, I was at the Standard Live. That closed during the pandemic. Yeah, that's why I asked. Dizzy's, you know. Maybe Dizzy's, there's one that's starting up again. That, small. There's <laughs> a lot of new places that are happening in Brooklyn, actually. They're pretty cool. Mm. Bar Lenatico, Bar Bayou, a place called Anthropology. And another place called uh, Atlantic Avenue Cafe. So there's like sure. some places, a lot of these little places are open, which I think we need more of. So it's nice. So yeah, I can play there, <laughs> but I mostly, tr you know, playing, traveling really a lot most of the time. Seems like, yeah, yeah. you know, that's where, you know, and I must be exhausting. <laughs> it is, but you know, it's pretty fun. I mean, I, and my kids are older and stuff like that's a little easier. You know, what I mean, right? Yeah, I've never, I've never really traveled too much, and uh, I actually enjoy it whenever I do travel. But that's just because I don't have to all the time, and I can see. How yeah, it can get, but you know, uh, it's it's what I've done all, most of my. I mean, since I was eighteen years old, nineteen years old is this. So you know, I. What about like internationally? Do you, do you I do go anything? quite a bit too. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I was back in Europe for the first time in the fall for a tour, and I hadn't been there since. Uh, Where'd you go? Which cities? You we were in, in uh, Munich and um, Bologna. It was about a week. Bologna and Switzerland. We were in Spain and we were in London. Very cool. Australia. Yeah, and I was supposed to go back the following week to teach in Holland, but that's when Omicron started to get really bad, oh, and sure. they were closed. They closed everything down from five p.m. to five a.m., so I didn't go. Yeah, no point. So yeah, I mean, th this whole time period has been a, kind of a challenge of, of, of that part of it. But it seems to be, yeah, it seems to be coming back, coming back around. Yeah, everything's ramping up. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. It's kind of get you know. Pretty much everyone I know is at least playing a little bit now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's nice to be back in front of people. It's nice to have the bands back together. You know, it's nice to be on a yeah. tour this time, just even where I'm not. It's not out to promote something. We're just we got these gigs and and it's just like just going out and expressing and not worrying about it and. Make sure you got to do this. Make sure you sell this and do this. And more just like okay, we're playing. You know, we're, we're did you go a, a while for like uh, you know in the last two maybe two years ago? Did you go a while maybe like six month period where you really didn't play at all oh, with I anybody? Hardly play at all. I mean, I played. <laughs> I think the first time I played with people again was would have been June. I played one of those broadcasts from wasn't Smalls. it when you got back and, and you played your first show in front of people? Wasn't it like a breath of fresh air? Just such a yeah. great feeling to yeah. actually. Yeah. Oh, totally. And I think, <laughs> I, but I don't think that was for a while. That was you know this was just film. This wasn't uh, an audience. So oh, think, okay. <laughs> there was a little bit of stuff later in sure. twenty, right? In, in a outdoor, weird way, outdoor stuff. Always performing outdoors. can be like a stress reliever, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. that's yeah. how I would describe it. You get yeah. nervous before you play, and maybe stress becomes real high, and then you play, and you just—it's just then after that, it's just like, oh, I, I feel so great. Yeah, we—it was great <laughs> the other night in Boise. We played two completely packed sets to a really enthusiastic audience, and they were with us the whole time, and we were really going for it and really exploring. So it's nice to see. I'm looking forward to this week. You know, always great to be at the Mill. It's always great to be in Columbia, Missouri. What day are you, you know, playing at the mill? Friday and Saturday. Friday and Saturday. Yeah. 
Cool. Yeah, I uh, got two kids, but I actually might be able to make it out to that. I'll okay. try and make it yeah, out to that. That'd be great. That'd it's be too great. bad because Wheaton College is right down the street from me. If I go to that, it'll be far away. But. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> you know, and that's just we're, we're, probably more fun. We're at doing the mill, a, though. Yeah, it'll be really fun. We're a workshop in there and just talking about the stuff right. too. So and, it'd be nice to to be you know here's there. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. starting to you know it's starting. I'm going out with um, another group. A, co- a co-led thing called the Leap Day Trio. We're doing. We we made a record at live at the Cafe Bohemia. Uh, we'll put, after it reopened in New York, that that put up would, a link to that. Yeah, too, maybe that, that, <laughs> that comes out in, in, in the uh, description. The release date is I'm not sure when it is, but we'll have copies for it. For we're doing the Wichita Jazz Festival in April. Very cool. Then I'll be back down downstate for in May for the um, Rutabaga Jazz Festival, 40th anniversary, which is actually two Rutabaga. years ago. Yeah, <laughs> where does it get that name and, from? And, well, Rutabaga Stories, Carl Sandburg, because Carl Sandburg's from Galesburg, so the Rutabaga Stories for Children. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Because you think Alice in Wonderland's crazy. This book is really great, too. Sure. So uh, he did those. And so that's the 40th anniversary festival. So I put an all-star group together for that. That's with uh, Tia Fuller and mm. Dawn Clement. So she's in Denver. Tia is out on the East Coast. Ben Allison and Jeff Letter and myself. Jeff and I will be there all week doing residency stuff. And actually, Jeff and I are going to record a duo record while we're there. Going to record some stuff at the family farm. I'm going to record at... Um, <clears throat> Church I grew up in, could play a Swedish hymn there. Nice. Uh, gazebo in Knoxville, where I played ba- summer band concerts, play a march there. Cottage Hospital parking lot, where I was born. Uh, Ken's Coney Island, the oldest restaurant in town, the Coney Island place, hot dog place. It's great. Mm. You know, stuff like that. So we're gonna we're gonna do that in in May. So yeah, I, I always got things <laughs> scheming going on. You know, I'm always and I'm gonna make a couple new records coming up. So feel I feel like doing that now. It was it's kind of hard to get psyched up about it during the pandemic a little bit but I write, I wrote a lot of music during that time and everything like that too so it's fun you know yeah. got some stuff done good deal yeah that's great I gotta listen to some of your original stuff most of the stuff that I um, <clears throat> was listening to was like I said kind of like swing standard tunes yeah yeah just what I happened upon <laughs> yeah I mean it depends on whose right date I'm doing you know I, I do what I'm supposed to you know what I'm there to do you know what about clinics do you, do you have any uh, clinics coming up around well yeah just just say them so people can find it maybe f- a little further in the future where they can come get you because this will probably go up in maybe two weeks. Um, yeah, so I'll be in Wichita. That. There'll be one, um, and then I'll do I do I'll do the Litchfield Jazz Camp this summer. I'll do Centrum Jazz Workshop in Port Townsend, Washington later in the summer. Nice. <laughs> um, I have that week in in uh, in May in Illinois, so there'll be workshops there too. And uh, do I have any like drum shop kind of things? That's what I, I was think thinking. So probably next yeah. fall, more. I'm gonna try to make. A solo recording and do a little solo tour, and I want to do that in the fall of the year. I think so. I'll try to get that done early summer, and, and then get that done yeah. along with the duo thing and all that too. So yeah, Matt, yeah. Uh, we don't have to include this part. What I'm saying no, now no, in the fun. thing, no, but um, we're looking here to do clinics with people. Okay, so I'd love to do it. Yeah. Uh, one with you. The we could we'd probably do it over there. But yeah, just something to think about. Probably I what I would you, do for this <laughs> would be this interested clinic. at I mean, some for point. The solo tour is <laughs> is. Um, <clears throat> Is I'd probably stop here, and get some craviados to use and do it. Just do it in the yeah. in this region. We should, you know, we should the, definitely. Yeah, do we'll do that. We'll make and that. I'll work. I'll get the word out. Do some promotion. Yeah. If you guys do some on your end, yeah. We can, oh yeah, we oh we get, we get it go. We get it rolling. If we do it over there in the middle room, you get like 20, 30 people there. It's like packed. Yeah, it's but then good. If you think it's gonna be more, we could always do it in the warehouse. But <laughs> no, it'd be great. Where your main we're, room. We're a little off the beaten trail. We're not in Chicago, but yeah. there's still. Oh, people will come out. We yeah. used to do a jam session. Every uh, first Saturday of the month, and I used to get 
pretty good thing. We've done like a tuning clinic with my dad. I don't know yeah. if you ever oh, saw yeah, that yeah, video. Yeah, yeah, that's great. A lot of people came out to that. That was, that was yeah, cool. people need to, you know, trying to and, replicate that experience. Yeah, and, maybe and, once and, every six and that, months. You know, bringing back that community aspect of things is, I think, is really going to be really important for our, our sure. culture, you know, for our psychic, for every, psychic Absolutely. for everything. Absolutely. Yeah. After yeah. all this. So, yeah. People are ready to yeah, really, socialize. And we did a workshop <laughs> yeah. yesterday. Boy, you know, I, and then, but I'm teaching, you know, I teach. All you know, I'm, I'm going to give be another. We're going to be uh, arts uh, honey and salt. Excuse me. We'll be at the Saratoga Festival in June, and then I'm going to be a guest at for a couple of days at the. You're a busy guy. Jazz camp. Yeah, it's nice to be you know have stuff going on, and then. But what I learned through this too is that is it was okay to be home. It was the first time um, I'd been home like that in my entire life. Well, since I was you know. Uh, Teenager, late Illinois teenager. is a beautiful state. Yeah, really. Yeah. Are, are you uh, that where that city is? Is that like on one of the river valleys, or is it more? In no, like it's the, it's west, 50, about fifty miles in. Yeah, it's really, between Quad Cities and uh, Peoria, like prairie. Type. Yeah, pr yeah, very prairie. Okay, but well, I mean, I'm saying at home, at home. You know, it was like these two years. You yeah. know, now, you know, my <clears throat> wife passed away in 2014, and it was it was, you know, it was a good time for me to. Uh, to really, I mean, I'm really close to my children already, but it was really great to have them around and be a, really a, around. We were ate dinners every night and all that. We had, you know, it was sure. really beautiful. And my girlfriend and her daughter, we, we we had a nice, you know. So now, if I'm not as busy, I don't get like, oh, you know, now I'm like, it's fine. I, I, I got plenty of things going on, teaching wise and all this stuff. And if I, I like being at home. You said your kids like, are in their twenties. Yeah, my my yeah my. Any of them musicians? No, my daughter. Well, my daughter is. She's she graduated with a degree in musical theater, and she's really oh. talented. So she's starting to do some auditions. Now that world's starting to open up too. But I used that to just play shut a lot up. of musical theater shows. Yeah. I was always the drummer. In yeah. The well, those are fun. Yeah. <laughs> she's very good. She does. You know, she's doing some audition stuff. But sure. and then my sons are at school there, and uh, and one goes to university. Uh, uh, SUNY Brockport, which is up by Rochester, and one goes to SUNY Old Westbury. One is uh, going to go back to school in the fall, but he's works uh, at security at Madison Square Garden, so he gets to see he gets to see mm. all kinds of concerts, yeah, and yeah. all kinds of things, Knicks games, all, you know, he gets to do all this stuff, so it's great. But I'm really <laughs> proud of them. They're really, you know, I, I, it was, you know, after my wife passed, it, it, that was hard, and and we were together for so long. We met in college, you know. Oh, she wow. passed away from leukemia and. To, June fifteenth of two thousand fourteen. I'm sorry. So it's coming up. Yeah, it's coming up yeah. on eight years. And so you know, yeah. you, um, but and I, I, you know, I had I had you know a thirteen year old and a and sixteen year old to raise. You know, and and I I on my own and I was able to with help from the village and the help from my relatives and stuff. But we were able to do it. So yeah, I'm very proud of them. They're very very nice young people. They're very. Uh, cordial, very smart, very you know, like so having fun to co be conversations with. Some yeah, you, you were living when when she passed away. Were you living in the same place you're living now? Yeah, we. We'll, and your kids were in high school then. My <clears throat> sons were starting high school, and my daughter was in high school. Mm. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it was a time period for them, for all of us. And they, they, uh, so she, yeah. The, We've been in that house with the day April twelfth when the boys turned twenty one. We've been there nineteen years. Nineteen so, years, yeah. wow! So lots of memories. Yeah, lots of memories. And I like my town. You know, I'm very involved with the town, and and we do, we did a, a festival in my backyard last summer called the Avant Yard. And my <laughs> girl, cool. my girlfriend, and I do house concerts. We had a nice series going before the pandemic, so we're going to start that was back it, up. Was it like real free music kind of? Thing? Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> that out. Was the yeah, theme. we had a whole, yeah, we had seventy five, eighty people there. Nice. And the weirder it got, the the more people loved it, and it was great afternoon. 
And then I did a solo concert in the park, uh, a community garden last summer. I had different stations. So I had drums under a gazebo. I had snare drum and these little cymbals. You know how you have those cutouts where you put your face through? Well, sure. I put my face through, but played on the outside. I put, <laughs> I hung a bunch of gongs and, and Chinese cymbals and stuff in this willow tree. Okay. People couldn't see me, but they could hear the stuff coming from the tree. And I had oh, one wow. other little station where I had a pe my pedal floor tom and a bunch of bird whistles, whistles and stuff. So I moved around to these different things. Very cool. And, uh, it was really, really fun. Do, do really you have any fun. of this uh, kind of video? Yeah. More creative yeah. stuff? Is, it, is any of it on like YouTube or anything? Yeah. Some of that's on YouTube. I, Again, we'll put a link up to that. The, well, if you, the solo stuff is that's good is, is on YouTube is the stuff from this show I did. I don't know what year it would have been. It was quite a few years ago for a show called uh, Solos. It was a Bravo show, network show in Canada. Okay. And so a bunch of people did solos. Um, Lee Konitz, I mean, Bill Frizzell, all kinds of folks. I did a duo one with Lee Konitz, actually, actually also. But nice. I did a solo drum one. And I, so I do the piece with the juicer. You know, I play the drums with carrots. I do, yeah, you'll see. Yeah, they're, they're all I on YouTube. Th this is reminding me of something. I think a long time ago, I remember watching something like this. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was probably, but yeah. <laughs> and then I, there's memory. a brush one. I do a rock, a rock and roll fantasy thing where I have a wig and sure. there's fog and we do. And then it's, it was, so you, yeah. You said you're, uh, what, what's your favorite stick to use? <clears throat> I use John Riley Zildjian. John Riley, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a, and that's Zildjian a cool symbols. Choice. I've been with Zildjian symbols for since 19, well, I played them all my life, but as an endorser, I've been with them since 92. Yeah. What about brushes? What kind of brushes do you like? I like Regal Tip yeah, brushes. Yeah. Pretty much, that's like the, the I standard. like the wire. <laughs> I like their wire, just jazz ones. I like the Jeff Hamilton ones also. And I also really like the Fat Cat, fat uh, cat plastic okay, brushes. Yeah. Okay. They're plastic brushes I really, really like. I've never, you know, that's funny. I, when I was like coming up and I was younger, I had a thing against plastic brushes. They're like, oh, I'll never use those. But they actually, they do have a, a very specific sound that you oh, can yeah. definitely use. Oh, yeah, they're fatter. And, so and, don't, and, just, you know, don't discriminate against them just because they're plastic. They're no, actually, no, they're <laughs> great. And, and some of my heroes played them. You know, uh, Billy yeah. Higgins played plastic brushes. Al Foster plays uh, plastic <laughs> brushes. Uh, Joey Barron. There's a lot of people that play it. Paul Motion used them. You ever use hot rods? I I, I kind of I used to the I, inventor I uh, Joe he was I did a podcast with him just recently he yeah. invented hot rods a yeah long I, time like ago. I like him I like him I I um I I don't I I still have some I I never once in a while I'll throw one in I use it for a color or something like that sure um, I use them for like fast Latin stuff if I'm yeah. in kind of a live room and it's yeah I don't it's have nice to hold back so <laughs> yeah I was telling a story the other day about <laughs> if you break one of those sure. dowels. And you reach down. So one night I reached down to grab one of those. And oh, I've done that before. Dowel went up totally my nail. It was like a man. Words came out. I'm sure, the yeah. you know, I was, like, <laughs> was it was it during like an actual during a gig? I reached down. <laughs> no. So yeah. hope there weren't any kids in the audience. No. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> and I just got, I, I just got, I just got some timpani. Uh, I've done that same thing though. Yeah. I know exactly. Yeah, you where you, did it go under your nail? Oh, right through. Yeah, well, yeah, I've heard that before. <laughs> but then I, I just got these old lady timpani. From the 40s, mm. and um, so I, I want to write. Then my next project for for on the other sort of skirt thing, kind of aligns with the Sandberg thing, is to write okay. music to uh, paintings from different generations of, of her life mm. uh, of a, 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 a of a great painter named a surrealist painter who was married to Max Ernst named Dorothea Tanny. And actually, later in her life, she did poetry. She died in 2012 at 102 years old. Anyway, she's That's from Gelsberg also, Swedish American too. Okay, from Gelsberg. So, 
So you're I'm, you're Swedish. I'm actually a little bit Swedish yeah, too. Yeah, I'm twenty five percent. Yeah, I'm uh, my both my grandmothers were full, so I'm pretty nice. close to full. Except yeah. Wilson side is Irish and English, but sure. so you know, but but so I'm gonna. That's what I'm, and that's gonna be more percussion based. Probably will be. Uh, uh, a mallet player I love named Patricia Brennan and hmm. Rogero Bacado, the great Brazilian percussionist, and maybe one other percussion, and then I think clarinet. So I'm writing the music for that around these paintings. So, sure. uh, yeah, you think Dali's stuff is crazy? This lady's stuff is crazy. And she was, yeah, yeah. We got some. Same, we yeah. definitely have some uh, yeah, yeah. modern art. In the, yeah, it's great. Our, it's great. That's great. Background for our super cool hang here at the. So I try to, you know, I try video. to find different things to do. You know, <clears> I like. And this is going to be more of a chamber thing, so I'm, I'm writing some of that music. I got a couple pieces done for that already, and I'm so looking forward like to it. like percussion ensemble? Yeah, but kind of that, percussion, more that, percussion based. Yeah. I have to say, yeah, I, I want to do more with uh, even just talking to and getting people into the shop who are writing for that, because uh, in, in college, um, I always played in the percussion ensemble. Yeah. I, I was in like 13 different ensembles at one point. Yeah. I went to Roosevelt. Oh, so okay. Oh, yeah. I was with... Um, Ed Harrison, who's the timpanist for the Lyric Opera, yeah, he ran percussion ensemble, and then Ruben Alvarez, he did oh, some stuff too. I know he Ruben very know well. Ruben. Uh -huh. Everyone knows Ruben. I know Ruben. The Ruben's whole, great. whole world. Every I love percussion. Yeah, I love Ruben. Ruben. <laughs> I love Ruben. You know, and we well, Wichita State, we did all kinds of crazy stuff. We did a piece called War Games by Walter Mays, who's a, uh, a composer and teacher at the school. Yeah, and it was a concerto for wrestl professional wrestlers and percussion ensemble. See that that genre. There's so much to be done with it because it's just. Uh, oh yeah. And and there's there's a a place to do it. A lot of times at at college, you know, and and. Like, it can also be incredibly boring, but it can also be like anything. Sure. But it also can be incredibly. It depends about the presentation. It depends we, on the imagination of things. You know. We did some very cool stuff because Ed is a maraca player. Yeah. So we did a, a maraca. I think it was just a sonata. It was the world premiere. Wow. The percussion ensemble. I think it was like six different pieces, but it was wow. mainly featuring maracas. Well, and then Chicago has such a legacy. You know, Bobby Christian and all that whole world, and Al Payson and all. The, yeah. Okay, you know, I mean, and and the drum companies being here. I mean, Chicago was like serious for the. For you know, uh, t uh, who was it? Roy Knapp drum? Roy Knapp had the drum school in Chicago, right in the same building. Yep. The, 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 the your guys's first store. Yeah, I remember going there years ago, being seeing that when it was still there. You know, so you're talking about Fine Arts, Fine Arts building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roy, the Roy Knapp. My studio. wife still works there. Actually. Yeah, the Roy She's C Knapp the, studio was there. Yeah, there's still I a lot remember, of music there. Not that I remember anymore, coming but... up when I was a kid, man, from high school. <laughs> we'd do these summer band trips. We'd come up to Chicago. First thing I do, we'd stay at the Parker or uh, Parker House. No. Uh, yeah, it's the Parker House, uh, Hilton Parker. Yeah, Parker House Hilton, right? I'm not sure. <laughs> it's down on. And first thing I do, man. I don't know the city quite that well. <laughs> throw, throw, throw my stuff in and go right to Frank's, and then Bill Crowds is right below. Yeah, and man, I you know I go there and get stuff. So that would have been probably 80s. 80s, okay. Yeah, and they were. Yeah, that Wabash Avenue corridor lasted till kind of mid mid 80s. Yeah, mid 80s. We, yeah, we talk a lot about those shops. I've had. People who used to work there. Do, do you know? Uh, do you know Paul Jackie? Maybe. I know of Paul. Yeah, yeah. He worked. He we did worked one with at, him. A little he worked while at ago. Frank's or Bills or both. Bills, right? Uh, both. He worked at both. Yeah, and he he's got stories. And yeah, actually, you should listen to the one I did with him. Okay, he's got I'll, stories. I'll yeah, <laughs> you'd love it. I met a guy one night. There was a there was a short lived club. I can't remember what part of Chicago it was in. I can't remember the name of it. I played there with Denny's Island and Buster. That band. We've been together for twenty one years, and. Uh, and, and there was a guy that w was there one night who worked at the Slingerland factory, and we had a great yeah. visit at the, the Niles factory. Right, right. And um, he was cool. And, and yeah, so yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty hip. And, 
and then we, I would go there, and I got, in 1984, I came up to Chicago at one of these theaters, and it was a Zildjian day that was pretty happening. Hmm. And it was, uh, Tommy Aldridge was supposed to be there, but his wife was having about to have a baby, so they, they had this guy they brought out that uh, not many people knew, but it was Kenny Aronoff. And it was great. Nice. <laughs> and he played. And then Gad, Steve Gad was there with Ralph McDonald, hmm. Steve Smith, Larry London. It was great. It wow. was really, really great. Uh, 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 it's the a great, heck of a... What's the great Chicago uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, Latin jazz drummer who's very, very good? Uh, I'll think of his name. He was there. He was on it. Uh, I can't remember his name. Steve Smith was there, I remember. Yeah, it was yeah. really cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah. When, when did you, speaking of, of like, I guess a little later, but, you know, Chicago happenings, when did you first meet my dad? I mean, that had to have happened probably around here. 2000. Would that have been at the first shop at some point? Yeah, it was the first shop. 2005, 2004. Cool. Did you quite a few years. Did you just come by to check the yeah, place was, out I one was of those at days? Yeah, I was showcase all week, you know, so and, I, you know, I walk around the city all day. And Did you know Johnny before you knew my dad? No, no. Your dad introduced me to Johnny. I oh, mean, okay, cool. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know if one if, of when many the, where when that the happened. shop first started happening, if there was really that much Craviato stuff at that point. Well, he, he had a lot of like vintage stuff. Vintage had, stuff more. If but. you, if you, the, yeah, the, in the old days, I was actually just talking with my father about this. Yeah, you had a row of Gretsch round badge kits, maybe yeah. like five or six of them in a row. Yeah. And I did a photo shoot there with Michael Jackson for a downbeat piece. So, you know, I'm in front of, like, Rufus Speedy Jones's drums, I think, in one of those. That yeah. Slingerland set that was down there. We actually had that here until yeah. very recently. Yeah. And just recently, yeah. we sold it to a museum. Yeah. Yeah, and then your dad, he, when he got the store open in New York, I, w I would, the original one on, on, in Times Square, I, w I went there quite often. Yeah. And uh, recorded there, there because Johnny, uh, Jimmy Katz was doing some live recording. And that was a really good sounding room. Oh, at the, at I mean, the yeah, studio. it was a, it was a and then I did fully with, built. And yeah. then I was on the cover of Downbeat and Jazz Times, I think. I don't know what year it was, the, the same month of November, one of those years. And, and we did the photo shoot there. It was Jeff Tane Watson and Louis Nash and myself. And we played. There's some video footage. So Tane is playing Elvin's Camco set that you guys had. Sure. And uh, uh, um, Lewis was playing Charlie Persip's premiere. And that's, that's and somewhere... Playing, it's, on, it's on YouTube somewhere. Yeah, I've seen that before. Yeah. I know exactly Joe what you're I think about. I played Joe Morello's, that Joe Morello... It might be on our set. channel, actually. Yeah. That's like, it's so, it's one of those videos I don't, like I didn't film it. Short. I wasn't doing, I wasn't even working at the shop. That it was much. 09 because it was 09 because I had dislocated my sh shoulder that summer Ooh. and I was still kind of like a little like, huh. and those guys just. What did you do? Were you, are you I was teaching at Stanford Jazz Workshop. I was doing yoga and I fell out of a pose. And I, oh no. <laughs> and I had, I think I injured it at a festival. You know, I had my bo sure. the boys around the back of a golf cart going from the stage to the sure. hospitality area. So when I thought one was going to fall, so I kind of jumped off and pulled, I think, I think that might've done something, but. I'm starting to get to the age where, like, even just little weird things, oh, like gosh, if you're yeah. if you're using a mouse on a computer at the wrong angle for a while, it can really. Mess oh yeah, you, you have to really. Careful. Yeah, you have to keep yourself. You know, so like this past, <laughs> you know, we 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 started this tour uh, Sunday in Boise, and we all got to Boise about twelve forty-five. Right. And we had to be lobby call was two forty-five for three o'clock sound check, five o'clock first set. Yeah. We did two sets that night, and those guys, Jeff, I mean, uh, excuse me, uh, Michael and Gary. 
played with Maria Schneider's band all week at Birdland. So they went right from Birdland basically to the airport. Yeah. So yeah. we were pretty tired, you know. But we, but you know what? That's when the music really, you know, you just do it, you know. And so, and then we had a little bit of yesterday to, to to rest, but we we took an eight o'clock flight this morning from Boise to here. And <laughs> we have this workshop, so this is pretty easy, you know. It's not too bad. Yeah, that's what we do, you know. But yeah, I you are you are a busy guy. It seems like yeah, you're just like you got you got all these different angles, you know. You're never. <laughs> I'm, thankfully, I did. You know, like thankfully the teaching because you know sure. well, during the pandemic I was still you know relatively busy with the schools and I, you know, um, and, and I was able to you know I got a you know a couple of grants. You know, you probably I, did some virtual stuff. Oh, well, it was all virtual. Yeah, like we all, and Madeline, she had to set up a lot of that stuff. That's my wife. Yeah. She had to set up a lot of that stuff for them. Oh. and now it's just it's so difficult to make all that work in a way. And even in, under the best circumstances, it's not close to as good as being there with a person. I mean, for me, like trying to teach a drum lesson, uh, like trying to show someone how to use proper technique without. I I usually just take the hand and yeah. you know. Oh, I know. It, take it was, ten it was times challenging, but for college <laughs> students, I kind of dug like a lot. Sure. I, I, I got I got a lot of my stuff sort of put into. Uh, documents or whatever, and you could play videos and recordings and stuff like that. So, you know, it was actually pretty, and I would have them record a lot of the stuff and send it to me rather than just deal with it from Zoom. Right. So, I, I, I still like it. Now, I was always afraid of it. Like, oh, I'm not going to teach on Skype or FaceTime or Zoom or whatever. Now, sure. like, I, I'm down with it. If it, you know, if it has to be that way, it's totally cool. That's a good uh, attitude. Yeah. yeah, it was fine. And uh, it was, and then. We have a drummer hang that happens every Tuesday night. It was organized by Rich Thompson at University of... Oh, I know Rich. I, yeah. I took lessons from him for a while from uh, at, at in Door County. Um, oh, at... Uh, at uh, Birch Creek. Birch yeah. Creek, yeah. Birch so Creek, Rich... He's, yeah. he's a... I love his brush plan. Yeah, yeah he's really great. And Harold Jones has been on that a lot. And yeah. Joe LaBarbera and, and uh, Carl Allen and Bill Goodwin and... Soap sometimes and Hamilton sometimes and Lewis Hayes and Billy Hart, Roy McCurdy. Do you Harold. talk to Rich ever? Oh, every, every Tuesday tell, on this. Tell I will. him yeah. to, I'll give you my contact yeah. info. Tell him to reach me. If he's ever in town, I'd love to show him oh, the yeah. shop. Oh, yeah. He, he probably doesn't even it. remember me. But. Oh, he would love to see it. And, uh, <laughs> and so we do that. And that was nice, too. We get together every Tuesday night from not Kenny Washington, that Adam Nussbaum. I mean, those guys just write down tons of records to check out and stuff like that. Yeah. So we, that was a nice thing to have happen every Tuesday. I actually just want to have any tonight. We're going to try, I might try to log in a little bit late after our workshop. But the, sure. those are from 9 to 11, and that was fun. Michael Vossman does one on Mondays. I never really been able to make that one. But, right. But uh, yeah, we, you know, we, we, we found other ways to stay. And actually, you know, it was a cool way to, to be connected with those guys because, you know, I'm very, you know, drummers don't get to see each other as much as we like. So it was great to be in contact. And You think you're going to make the, it to the drum show this year out in Chicago? When is it? It's Probably in May? Here now, so. What's it? Was it in May? I, don't, I can never remember the exact date of it. It's in like two, two months about from now. I might. Yeah, I might try a, to come out. It depends, <laughs> you know. It depends on, I might, we might drive out so my sons yeah, can see their aunts and then it would, yeah it would be well if you if you are coming coming out make sure oh, to let us oh, know yeah, yeah. I'll definitely let you know we don't I'll really do the hang here anymore but it's usually there's at least someone here so it's kind of oh yeah you know, and then yeah. with our shop like, totally new stuff every year you guys it's incredible we I only got to run through real quick earlier Sheesh. but I still want to give you maybe a little bit more of yeah. a tour I'm trying to do a million no, things no no you're going I gotta right. pick up my kids yeah you gotta pick up your kids I don't want to leave them where's my father yeah for sure the poor they're always the last ones to get picked up because I just I yeah I'm so busy I'm always trying to get out and yeah, I always I know, get there like hard. right it's hard <laughs> and I told you uh, the the COVID thing they used to close at six thirty yeah but then they changed it to five thirty and they 
uh, you know, they didn't uh, give us a deduction. And <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> but, yeah. That's a hard time, too, just in general, yeah. traffic-wise and whatever. Right. But I, I, in closing, I'd just like to say, you know, I'd like to thank so much. You know, your, your father's been so helpful to me, and, and then that's how, again, how I got introduced to, sure. uh, to Johnny. And also, I've just learned so much about things, you know, from yeah. history stuff. I remember playing the, the Chicago Jazz Festival one time. I can't remember what group it was. I think it was Lee Konitz's 9-Amp. Okay. And Ben Gray came and brought me what was probably the first, what they called the Zildjian ride from the 40s that he had found. Somebody had somewhere in the suburbs. And he oh, was it a trans stamp Zildjian? It was way before. It was like, it like was the, 40s. those are the ones where it's got kind of a small stamp and then it's more pressed on the sides. Yeah, I just got a those trans stamp at the, A. Yeah, this, was, are, this was like the era, though, when it was like the first 20 inch ride A, okay. you know? Sure. And it was, it was incredible to play. <laughs> you know, and then and I keep in touch with Ben, and and then of course your dad, and then yeah, just, great just Jess and everybody, the, Jess and everybody in Chicago. You know, I mean, I mean in New York, those guys. So yeah, yeah and I helped get a couple people jobs at that store in New York back in the day. So nice. yeah, it's pretty cool. Derek, you know Jess really well. Yeah, yeah. Derek Dick has worked there for a while, and yeah, and, I know yeah, Derek. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I haven't uh, talked to him in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, so it was fun. It was great. I haven't seen him for a long time. Oh, Jeremy, you know Jeremy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I still, I still call Jeremy just to bother him every yeah. now and then. So, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> he used to do all of our kind of like audio and uh, internet video stuff. He's the one who started our YouTube uh, channel. Yeah, like, pretty much. Like, you guys have to do that a lot to, for just for product, right? To put it out like what something sounds yeah. like. And so that's probably pretty over many, there, hours a day, right? Of, well, they were they were in an actual recording studio. Oh, I know. Like yeah, said, yeah, that recording so studio was yeah. perfect place yeah. to get drum stuff in. And here, I've done my best to, yeah. uh, to build. You're getting a that. Yeah, it's a nice studio. Yeah, and and uh, and kind of bring it to that same level. And so, yeah, you know, we do tons of YouTube stuff. I've got a nice studio. I try and get recordings that are pretty close to what it actually sounds like in the room we don't like mess with them yeah you, you can add tons of reverb or all kinds of stuff but we uh yeah and yeah that's that's how a lot of people get oh to man see for your drums. dad i got to nice play camera close-ups yeah and <laughs> for your dad i got to play the the famous mel lewis a with the cutout you know the famous symbol yeah. that he played <laughs> i know what you're talking the, about uh, some i think it might have been don lamont's china that he got from buddy or something like that you guys had i think all this stuff with charlie watts yeah, uh, and your dad did all that stuff over there for Charlie, right? Did his yeah he's cataloged got a all his stuff, whole museum worth yeah. of stuff out there. Yeah, know? and so he went over to London quite a few times for that stuff, right? Your yeah. dad, yeah. yeah. This is a little while ago, yeah, but yeah, um, yeah that's uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing. I got to meet Charlie once. He came out here, and it was it was really cool. <laughs> he came to this one. Oh. Yeah, he did back when we were in Naperville. Yeah. Oh, Naperville. Okay. Yeah. Now, obviously, yeah. Yeah. He, he passed away just recently, yeah. Yeah. so it's yeah. very. And Very I saw sad, a little clip the other day of um, I got to meet him, Jordan playing, uh, of Steve, who's so incredible too, playing a, a, a Craviato snare on the Stones tour. That's pretty cool. Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, you did that, right? Yeah, he was playing a Craviato timber series on Interesting. the Stones tour. I, I'm sure I've been told that before, but yeah. what year was this? would have been maybe... Just this last tour, that after Charlie oh, so died. That actually... Well, yeah. actually, no, I, that, that would have been after because it was probably three tours ago when I got to meet him. But yeah, it, interesting. Yeah, yeah, he was playing. Yeah, Steve Jordan. He must have, uh, yeah, must, must really dig that. Yeah, <laughs> that he loves, yeah, he play. Like, yeah, he's something else. So it's great. So, all right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. It's been fun. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll do it again. <laughs> we'll, we'll do it, it again. again. Yeah, sometime. It'll be fun. Thanks. We'll do something around here. I love it. It's and so everyone, great. yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. All right. Thank you, buddy. See you guys.